something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording back in the home bunker. Folks, I got to tell you that, um, you know, the last several weeks, several months, to think that we're only five months into 2023 and the weight and the exhaustion, the anxiety, the fear, the trauma that we have been subject to because of the terrorist organization formerly known as the Republican Party. Republicans have shown America through their legislative push to criminalize LGBTQ people, to erase trans people, to cause irrevocable harm to the LGBTQ community. They have shown us through their willingness and zeal at banning books and curriculum, at displacing uh, tenured teachers, at displacing um, heads of universities and instead putting in corporate uh, cronies like they have done recently at the University of Minnesota with the new president, instead of hiring an, oh, I don't know, an academic, have now hired the former CEO or Hormel in order to be the president of this university. Republicans are on a path, on a war path to destroy everything that makes America, America. They are on a path to destroy liberty, freedom, and justice for all. They are on a path to destroy the bodily autonomy of women, of trans people, They are on the war path to create heightened racism and violence and the birth of militias through their continued loosening of gun regulations in states like Texas, whose mass shootings are like number one in the country. 
And at this time, while Republicans continue to show you who they are by voting to expel members of their government body because they don't like their ideology, they don't like the truth that they speak, whether, again, that be in Tennessee or in Montana. Folks, the Republican Party is at war. And they are telling us every single day with every piece of legislation, with every kudos, every bit of support, back pats and ring kisses that they give to Donald Trump, a man who is currently on trial for rape. And as I speak right now, the jury is out deliberating whether or not they are going to side with E. Jean Carroll or with Donald Trump, who, by the way, has been accused of sexual assault and harassment by over 25 women. But CNN sees fit to give this motherfucker prime time, a prime time town hall. Tell me how the public would react if at the height of the Me Too movement against Harvey Weinstein, if CNN decided to have a sit-down one-on-one with Harvey. I call on all civil liberty organizations, women's groups, LGBTQ groups, civil rights organizations to call for a boycott of CNN. You see, all of these networks, they base their decisions on money. They base their decisions on ratings. And if the people decide to take it, then maybe they will do an about face. But the reality is, in any other country, if you had a political party moving in the way that Republicans have been moving since Donald Trump came down that fucking escalator, they would have been labeled a terrorist organization. We don't do it because the Republican Party is filled with white men. Right? And they're the ones that get to write the laws and break the laws and rewrite them for other fucking people. I am telling you that it is time for the people, for the people to regain the power in this country. Power that we never really truly had, but we were made comfortable enough. But now this terrorist organization, the only thing that they have on the menu is cruelty. The only thing that they have on the menu is over-policing, banning books, banning queer people, banning abortion, banning curriculum, and instituting authoritarianism and fascism. Donald Trump is going to be holding a campaign rally with known anti-Semites. They have top billing at this event, along with his fucking spawn. We need to stop treating Republicans as if they are legitimate. They stand for violence. They stand for rape. They stand against abortion. They stand against democracy. There is no mincing words about it. There is no working across the aisle. 
because the only work that Republicans are interested in is destruction and undermining this country. And also with the debt ceiling fucking chicken game that they're playing, putting the world's economy at risk so that they can figure out a way to bring back their fucking Cheeto martyr. Folks, you hear that sound going off? You feel that tingling sensation? That is the alarms going off, both internally and externally. We are at level hot fucking red right now in this country. The folks of Texas need to take a page out of those that were in Tennessee and take it to the fucking streets. While people are being gunned down as they're shopping at a mall, your fucking governor is passing legislation that doesn't even require any training whatsoever to have a gun. Because it's all a part of their plan to build their white supremacist militias that will go ahead and enforce their autocratic rule. Folks, wake up, wake up, because there is no motherfucking quiet part anymore. Coming up next, my conversation with our good friend who has stopped by Woke AF Daily, MSNBC legal analyst, former federal prosecutor, and the host of Justice Matters, Glenn Kirshner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's 
smart, intellectual. I'm kind of smart. I think like it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like we have fun, but then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Folks, I am very happy to welcome back to Woke AF Daily our friend, MSNBC legal analyst, former federal prosecutor and the host of Justice Matters, Glenn Kirshner. Glenn, it has been a while. And in that time, there has been just a whirlwind of legal news. And I don't even know if we call it legal news anymore. We just call it crime and news. I mean, from Clarence Thomas and the Supreme Court and the major grip there to Donald Trump, currently uh, the juries in deliberation for the Eugene uh, King uh, rape allegations and defamation suit. And a judge just issued uh, an order in the Manhattan District Attorney's case with regard to the 34 felony indictments, placed a gag order on Donald Trump. And I want you to be able to just um, explain what this gag order is and why. I mean, I mean, I have thought that Donald Trump should have been gagged a long time ago, but why uh, this is happening now and what will what could be the repercussions of it if he breaks said gag order? So I think the reason we're seeing a gag order now, it's, it's co- sort of the cumulative effect of everything Donald Trump has been posting and saying. Most recently, he posted that Joe Biden and Merrick Garland illegally unleashed Alvin Bragg and Fonnie Willis and New York Attorney General Letitia James on me, Donald Trump, to stop me from winning the 2024 election. There are so many lies packed into that sentence. One, it is designed to gain unfair advantage for Donald Trump in the 2024 election by suggesting Biden and Garland have control over state prosecutors and they have unleashed them on Donald Trump. That's absolute BS. And and look, Donald Trump has been endangering judges and their families, prosecutors and their families, grand jurors, trial jurors, witnesses. And Alvin Bragg's prosecutor said, enough. We are preparing to give over discovery. And what discovery is in a criminal case is they package up all of the relevant information and evidence that they are required under the rules to provide to the defendant and they give it over. Well, what will Donald Trump do with it once he gets his grubby little, and I do mean little, hands on that evidence? He'll begin posting it. He'll begin lying about it. He'll begin doxing people. He will not so subtly urge his supporters to get after them. And so that's what prompted Alvin Bragg's team to say, Judge, we're moving for a gag order, really more precisely, a protective order saying Donald Trump can't post, can't talk about, can't misuse all of this information we are about to give him. And Judge Mershon agreed and issued a couple of different kinds of protective orders. One saying Donald Trump, and he names Trump specifically, not just the defense team, you can't post anything about any of it. And by the way, you can't copy it. You can't photograph it. You can't, you know, retain it. And in fact, the stuff that the prosecutors label as limited disclosure information, you're not even allowed to look at it without being babysat by your defense 
attorneys because you're a petulant little child. I mean, the fact that these kind of protective orders and limitations have to be put in place for a former president of the United States is insane. Usually yep. we do this kind yep. of stuff in violent crime cases or in RICO cases. Well, now welcome to that ignoble club, Trump, you violent criminals and mafia folk. You know, I think that it's wild, too, that the mainstream media is not discussing that, right, that we continue to move through this as if the precautions that are being taken are totally normal, like, oh, this happens in every case. You would think that with the president of the United States, you're being held right to a much higher standard of behavior and that we would rely upon you to ensure the safety of people by telling your rabid followers to stand the hell down. But that's not what Donald Trump does. It has been the pattern of behavior since he was in office and out of office. And so, you know, Glenn, I, I, I am I, I love to say that, oh, we'll never see. And I stopped doing that during the entire Trump administration um, is we have seen judges be targeted, their families be targeted. Um, we've seen them have family members that have lost their lives and judges that have lost their lives. What happens if Donald Trump impedes this gag order, if Donald Trump continues to do what he's been doing on the campaign trail, which is essentially lift up these very violent people, right? He had the January 6th choir in Waco, Texas, right? You have just now, I want to make the connection for the folks, the uh, shooter, the murderer in Allen, Texas at the mall shooting had on the, what was it, right wing death squad uh, badge that was worn and sold on the Proud Boys website, right? These are the folks that Donald Trump told to stand back and stand by. These are the folks that Donald Trump has said are good people, right? So, I mean... <sighs> I am very scared, right? I'm scared for Alan Bragg. I'm scared for this judge. What happens if this order is broken? And, you know, what are the protections that are in place in this really erratic time? When even if it isn't Donald Trump, we know we're seeing what is happening with the people who support him. So Judge Mershon has an array of possible steps he can take, I'm going to say when Donald Trump violates this protective order. Not if. Donald Trump will violate it. He could do nothing. He could just let it go, which will embolden Donald Trump. He could uh, haul Donald Trump back in uh, before the, the court, and um, he could increase the the limitations or the restrictions he could place a hundred percent gag order on him saying you have demonstrated an unwillingness or inability to abide by lesser gag orders or protective orders i am now ratcheting it up and the next step if you continue to violate it i will consider uh the prosecutor's request to step you back detain you because you can't be trusted to abide by court orders. Now, that is a pretty significant um, penalty. And he could, short of that, he could hold him in contempt and order him to pay, 
you know, a fine, which Donald Trump won't care about. He'll fundraise off it and probably yep. end up with a yep. net gain at the end yep. of the day if the court orders a fine. The only thing to do with people who are inciting and inspiring imminent violence is, is detain them, take their bullhorn away. And I d haven't seen an appetite in our prosecutors or our judiciary to do the hard work, the forward-leaning work of stopping this rampant violence that is being sort of um, advocated for every day. Why the Proud Boys organization isn't designated a terrorist organization, and then we go after not only the organization, but those who kind of spout off violent rhetoric likely to and designed to inspire imminent violence is beyond me. You know, I keep thinking that we are so concerned that if we do something and we'll be criticized for stepping a toe over the constitutional line, violating somebody's free speech rights, if we do anything to curb the, the rampant gun violence in this country and we're criticized, you know, stepping a toe over the Second Amendment, Danielle, we're going to freedom ourselves to death. Come on. If we I know don't it. start taking action to stop this nonsense. Does this gag order too, Glenn, does it pertain to the lawyers using their bully, his lawyers using their bully pulpit, using social media? That's one question. And then the other one is, we also know that, you know, his spawn continue to spout and share um, a lot of violent rhetoric on social media. What, if anything, would be done to them? Um, yeah, I'm reading through the motion right here. I do believe it. It uh, there, There's no loophole for the lawyers to okay. post what Donald Trump can't post. Okay. Um, and frankly, I don't I don't think even as, you know, uh, poor, you know, in the performance sense, as poor as the, you know, Joey Takapinas and these kind of guys are. Um, I, I don't think they would be the ones violating the, the court order. I think it's all about Trump. Um, but if they do, they could, you know, there are some additional possible sanctions because they could be referred to their own bar council for sanctions, for suspension, for fines, and ultimately for disbarment if it's a an egregious enough transgression. So, you know, the Judge Marchand has taken an important first step. And here's the thing. We are making incremental progress. I know it doesn't feel like it, but he has been tried for sexual assault and defamation. And the jury is deciding his guilt, not his guilt, but deciding who to rule for, E. Jean Carroll or Donald Trump. A former president has now been tried for sexual assault and defamation. He has been criminally indicted for 34 felony counts of creating false business records. Why? To steal the presidency. This is not creating false business records because you're you know, trying to keep a little bit of money that you really should pay to the government in taxes. No. This was false business records designed to steal the presidency. He's criminally indicted. Now we have a new first. We have him with a gag order prohibiting him from misusing the evidence he's about to get in discovery. We're making progress. It doesn't feel like it, but we are making progress. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. 
that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to on purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Glenn, in, in the time that we haven't spoken to, you know, I, I want to head down now just mentally to Georgia, uh, where the DA down there, Bonnie Willis, issued a statement, which I at the time thought was weird, you know, bizarre. She issues a statement saying that the decision of whether or not to indict is going to happen between July and September of this year and was putting the law enforcement on months notice. Glenn, what did you make of uh, of of that statement? Was it ne- like why would Fonnie Willis make it so many months in advance? Why do you think that that was necessary? Yeah, it had nothing to do with putting law enforcement on notice. She could have had a behind closed doors meeting right. saying, OK, folks, you know, indictments are coming in July. 
that wasn't for law enforcement's benefit, my benefit, your benefit. It was for the benefit of the 20 plus targets of her criminal investigation. She put them directly on notice with this letter that you all have until July to come in, cooperate, you know, probably take a little bite of the criminal charges that you have coming your way, but you'll be able to reduce your exposure significantly if you plead guilty and begin cooperating so I can work my way up the, you know, criminal ladder. This was a PR move designed to pressure the 20 plus um, targets of her investigation. Had nothing to do with putting law enforcement on notice. Now, is that a risky move in your opinion? Like, because again, isn't that something that could have been directly sent to the folks who have been asked to come in to provide their deposition uh, over the course of these many, many months? Isn't that something that could have been done in private? What does it mean to do it in such a public way? It doesn't become real to many criminal targets of a grand jury's investigation until it is out there in the public square, because then they're going to understand that Fawny Willis just put herself on the line and said, I don't think she really said, and I don't know that you have to read between the lines, that I'll make a decision whether to prosecute people in July. She said, law enforcement, buckle up. Charges are coming in July. That was the, I think, thrust of her letter. Once that's put out there publicly by the district attorney, the targets know it's coming rather than, well, you know what? We're still kind of dealing behind closed doors. I'm thinking maybe my attorney can still keep me from being indicted. No, no, you got you got 60 days Um, and then you're going to find yourself on the other side of the V Georgia V you what you going to do. So in this time, too, Glenn, we have now seen uh, Enrique Torrio, uh, the Proud Boys, and three other members uh, convicted, found guilty on uh, on a seditious conspiracy, which you and I have talked about so many times because it's a difficult charge to bring uh, and to prove. So now multiple people from the Oath Keepers to the Proud Boys right, have been found guilty of seditious conspiracy. Again, how does this, these convictions, these guilty charges fall on the Department of Justice and the work that Smith is doing? Yeah, so this is something I call atmospheric precedent. You know, legal precedent technically means when an appellate court decides a case, hands down an opinion, all the lower courts are obliged to follow that precedent. That's what precedent means most precisely in in the law. But atmospheric precedent is when, you know, juries return verdicts in cases that are related to other cases and other people. And here's where I think the Department of Justice gets the, the biggest bump from the Proud Boys convictions. Enrique Tario was convicted of seditious conspiracy and a whole bunch of crimes that were committed at the Capitol on January 6th, and he was not wasn't, at the Capitol right. on January 6th. He wasn't even in D.C. You know who else wasn't at the Capitol but was, but is responsible for what happened there on January 6th? Steve Bannon, Mike Flynn, Roger Stone, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, Mark Meadows, Donald Trump. Now, 
both the Department of Justice has charged and a jury has convicted somebody who um, it was responsible for those crimes, but was nowhere near the Capitol. That kind of sets an atmospheric precedent. And if I were involved on the prosecution team, I would say, can we finally go after the people at the Willard War Room now and indict them? Can we finally go after Mark Meadows and Donald Trump and indict them? Look, we're doing a bang up job prosecuting the boots of the insurrection, the foot soldiers, time to get after the suits of the insurrection, the people who organized, orchestrated, funded, and incited, indeed gave the order to attack the Capitol. Let's get after it because we're burning democracy daylight. It blows my mind that we're treating Donald Trump like a viable candidate for the presidency. We're letting him hold town hall meetings and CNN is going to cover it. Are you insane? Are you insane? This man, he should be hounded every second of every day by every reporter on earth uh, until he has nothing he can do but like stay in his little third rate uh, resort Mar-a-Lago with his moles and his bed bugs and, and not see the light of day until the marshals come and arrest him. It's insane that we treat this man like he's a viable candidate for government office after he ordered, he organized, he launched an attack on the U.S. Capitol to try to unlawfully retain the power of the presidency. That is lunacy. I mean, everything that you said, I have been tweeting. I said, you know, I don't understand how this is having Donald Trump do a town hall at CNN right now as the man is literally as a jury is literally deliberating a rape case that he is at the center of is like would have been giving Harvey Weinstein a town hall in the middle of all of the horrific allegations that were coming down of sexual assault and violence. Like, uh, how do I don't understand the difference there? And this is a man, Danielle, who we saw during the E. Jean Carroll trial. We saw his deposition. He said, hey, for millions of years, stars have been able to sexually assault oh my God. women. I'm yep. a star. And you know what? Unfortunately or fortunately, I get to do it. He said, stars get to sexually assault women. I'm a yep. star. I get to do it. Fortunately, every single Republican politician who remains in Donald Trump's corner co-signs that statement, adopts that statement and announces Yes, that's the kind of person we want in the Oval Office. Are you effing kidding me? I mean, it is it honestly, Glenn, it is we are in such and I'm so tired of this word, but such unprecedented, erratic, violent, um, criminal times. And honestly, you know, the last question that I have for you today is (laughs) even if Glenn, even if all were to go our way, even if Jack Smith comes down, even if, you know, the the if Fonnie Willis comes down, we go to court in Manhattan, E. Jean wins her, uh, you know, it, it, it's it decided in her favor. Where do we go? Do you know, like you, because you have, you just named, we have an entire Republican Party that is behind a man that has been accused at least 26 times of sexual harassment and assault. A man that has 34 felony indictments against him for falsifying records. 
has other indictments hanging over his head for either stealing documents, inciting an insurrection. Like, where do we go? I, I don't know. I, you know, I ask myself the question all the time, can we real, really dig out and rebuild? I, I hope the answer is yes. I have to believe the answer is yes, because the alternative is just too, too dark to, to consider that, no, we can't. We're done. We're just going to spend the rest of our lives fighting aspiring autocrats and dictators and avowed you know, sexual offenders who say they have a right to do it. But you think about it. I mean, the Republican Party took away women's rights. The Republican Party is comfortable with children being murdered um, because they're more interested in supporting the gun lobby and everybody's, you know, uh, desire to have a weapon of mass destruction, an assault rifle. I mean, they're comfortable with compromise at the Supreme Court. They're, they, they embrace all of this. Yeah. So hopefully if the Republican Party is put out of business by this as a result of their continued adherence to Donald Trump, some responsible Republican Party rises up from the ashes. I always point to people whose policies I disagree with, but Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who said, I don't care about my job. I care about protecting and saving our republic from criminal politicians. And that is how I will spend my days fighting. And listen, great, let's have them come into power and then, and then argue about policy Right. Not about whether sexually assaulting women is fortunately something the, the, the stars get to do. Mm, 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 mm. Glenn, we will leave it here uh, today. Thank you, as always, for your analysis, your insight and your indignation at uh, where this country is and our legal system is right now. We really appreciate you. Thanks, Danielle. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is Sheep Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.